Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin, AKA Mental MacGyver. I provide luxury level high performance support and coaching to executives, founders, celebrities, and athletes. With me today, I have Judy Musa. She's the founder and managing partner at Mojo Collaborative Communications, where she does strategic communications, is a storyteller, a content creator, and a social connector. I have Dr. Bob Choate. He has eight years of military experience, worked with the LAPD, and is now the founder of the Integrated Mind Institute. He is also going back to school for another PhD, this time in physics. And I have Dawn Gagey. She is a strategic marketing guide and has done-for-you marketing strategies that eliminate the stress and confusion. The question I have for you today, what is the difference between arrogance and confidence? Dr. Bob, kick us off. Yeah, thank you. Had been thinking about both terms in terms of the connection ever since you presented this this topic. And I have been talking about competence for some time. And regarding competence, uh, there's a model called the competence competence model. Mm-hmm. It's 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 actually a loop. And so those that tend to be more competent, they tend to have true competence. And and when some people have talked about, well, so and so has competence and I look at it and I said, no, those people who act like they have competence tend to be arrogant. So there's a big difference there. Uh, so competence, true competence comes from one's own abilities that they develop. They, they tend to have an internal locus of control and they know what they're talking about. Whereas a person who's arrogant, they don't have any of that. They, they tend to be very boastful quite a bit, and they're really not self-aware. I've noticed that quite a bit, and, and, and we see this especially in the area of politics and so forth, and, and we see it with people that are know-it-alls. Dawn, would you like to go next? Sure. I was thinking about this as well. I was thinking about how I would simplify the way I delineate and see and experience these two different states of mind. I see confidence as quiet and arrogance as loud. I feel as though when you enter a room and you have a a group of people, for example, I'm very much like an empath. I feel like I feel people's energy. I'm very aware of others. And that's part of my experience as a photographer. You kind of have to be very mindful about who's in the room and who is your audience per se. And I, I feel like when I enter a room, I can definitely delineate between those two types of states of mind in a whatever people are in the room and confidence just feels very quiet. They tend to be the people listening. And then when they have something to say, it's so meaningful and grounded. It feels truthful. And then with the arrogant person, it's like, they just don't stop talking. They seem to move a lot. It's, they don't make good eye contact. There's a lot of body language, I think, attributed to these two states of mind when you encounter somebody, but yeah, confidence, quiet, arrogance, loud. Judy. So yeah, as you're talking about this, both of you actually, arrogance for me when you're loud and boastful is because you're very insecure. So you have to say Mm -hmm. things that even though you're not really competent. So it really fits what Dr. Bob was saying about competence, that piece of it. I realized when you first posed this question, I thought, wow, that's just like in the Polar Express movie with the little boy, the one boy that's the arrogant one throughout the whole thing. He's the know-it-all. And he comes over so boastful. At the very end, he finally gets a little bit humbled 
by Santa Claus, right? But but it takes the whole movie for that to evolve. But then that's juxtaposed with the young girl who they keep asking her, are you sure? Is this the right way to go? And she's like, yes. She quietly says, I know the way. And of course she does know the way, but she does it in sort of a very, as you said, Dawn, kind of a quiet way. So that's sort of for me from a, and I use that movie just because it happens to be my husband's favorite movie. So we watch it every single year. <laughs> our kids. Um, I know, right? Grown adults watching this movie, but because the lessons in there are so powerful about believing and about being sure of yourself. So that really infused for me, showing my children what that looks like, really showing those, those are pretty extremes, but that's the kind of idea. Yeah. I like the idea that of, of the quiet versus the loud and the the confidence without the boastful. For me, arrogance has a bit of, I'm better than you. I know, mm -hmm. and you don't. Whereas confidence has, I know, let me share it with you. I think that's the difference for me. Do you experience mm -hmm. arrogance as being, having that, that attitude, that boastful to your point, Judy, of I know, and you don't? Nah, nah. There's a little of that, I think. I think it's also... It's really hard, though, as a human, sometimes if you do know something to be the truth, how do you not come across as being arrogant and boastful? You are confident in this information. And I had that conversation with somebody the other day who said something that I know was completely wrong. And I'm thinking to myself, do I say something? Do I not say something? How do I show that you've got misinformation here? You want to cut the misinformation, but there's so much of that in the world. How do you do that in a way that comes across as confident and not arrogant? That is the key, I think. Let's talk about that. How do you do that? In terms of that, we have to, number one, understand ourselves before we even say the first word. And, and if we come across somebody that has mis misinformation, we have to start from our own um, sense of self, our self-awareness, and, and even understanding our own biases. Because a lot of times we'll, we'll be able, we'll, we will spurt out stuff, and yet we will say it not understanding uh, who we are. If we do that and we don't even understand the other person and, and their perspective beforehand, we will come across as that arrogant a-hole. We need to go in and understand the other person's perspective by asking them questions. Questions are very, very important. Once we do that and we start understanding them, then we can utilize from their position, we start talking and then we we draw them in, in, in towards what we're saying, but we need to start from their model of the world. Don, what's your experience? How do you come across confident, but not arrogant? I think it's to lean in with curiosity, kind of what I was saying. If you're in the room, I would love to share with you what I might have to contribute to the conversation or how can we talk about this in the state place of curiosity? It goes to kind of Bob. I, I like to ask a lot of questions to kind of gauge the audience. I think it's so, so important to know, like, who you're talking to, but also what state of mind you're talking to. And I think a little bit too, to Dr. Robin, about our better conversation, of course, like that was what we were all doing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's learning to like lean into the curiosity about what what is the other person desiring to know? How do they want to engage? Do they want to engage? So once I understand, again, from that self-awareness perspective, like what's meaningful to this other person that I'm about to engage with, lean in with curiosity, ask some questions, and then demonstrate knowledge in a 
I'll call it a conservative way. And I also want to borrow some concepts too from like Chris Voss, who was a former FBI hostage negotiator. I've learned a lot from him and how to go into these like harder conversations, some of these challenging conversations, like obviously a hostage situation, but read the audience and then kind of share. And I tend to be very curious and I like to lean in and I use a lot of facial expressions that de-escalate situations. So that's how I demonstrate it. I think for me, if I'm really sure about something, I will say to someone, I am 98% sure about this. I am really sure. Not that there's a hundred percent. There's always a little bit of room. I could be wrong. We can look it up. But if I say I'm 98% sure, you can pretty much be sure, confident that I know what I'm talking about. And I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just saying, I, I happen to know this. Judy, you brought this question to the fore. Do you have any thoughts about how this works? Well, it's interesting because I think we're in a place right now in the universe where people are sure, so sure of their beliefs, their biases, their information. And this particular instance that I'm reflecting on is exactly that. The person was, I heard this through, that this is what was said. And I was thinking to myself, is that true? And I actually went home and I looked it up at the site that was referenced. And I was like, but that's not true. So what do you do with that information now? So it's like, you're right. Like I did ask that some of those, where did you get this information from? Why do you believe this? You know, knowing full well, I was, as you said, 98% sure this was inaccurate, but this person was so surely confident. And so now like I have this knowledge and information that I now actually have a place that backs up what I said. And it's like, what do you do with that now? Do you go back and say something? Because you don't want that person to continue to spread misinformation that actually has negative consequences beyond this person spreads it. So to put that at bay, what do you do? I guess that's that the question. is a challenging question that I think I need to do a quick hits on. I think that's yeah. a really great topic. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. That is our 10 minutes. I look forward to speaking to each of you again really soon.